0: I forgo the vengeance, but I have selfish reasons. I got to bring Ed Penton back to the country.
1: Today is Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Time for episode 171 of the Barnhart Podcast. And while I am doing the opening of the podcast, I figured, given the cast of characters and the pre-show banter, I'm just going to light the fuse and run. So uh, I'll yeah, I'll take yeah. I'll hand it over to Mark and Dr. Mazza and Anne.
2: All right, thanks, super nerd, uh, Dr. Mazza. Mark, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing well, thank you. I'm hanging in there.
2: Hanging in there. All right, all right. Um, there was some there was some pre-show banter and. Um, Dr. Matza and I, especially, were trying to figure out the cast of characters for this episode. And we kind of settled on the fact that since Mark is bald, that he's Jada Pinkett Smith, and then... Dr. Matza would have to be Will because he's kind of the star of the show, and that would make me Chris Rock. But then it all fell apart because Dr. Matza said that he's unwilling to hit a woman. So it's just... Can't do it, Sally. Can't can't do it, Sally. Can't do it. (laughs) So there's... mm -hmm. Oh, so so much to talk about, but we're going to kind of try to stay away from, I, I guess we'll try to stay away from the the Academy Awards, such as they were, and all of that nonsense. We've got some debriefing to do. Oh, Dr. Matsu, you've been... You've been making the rounds and making us all proud. Um, we've got quite a lot to talk about on the on the front of, um, you know, Benedict as Pope and and progress that's being made and so on and so forth. We've got a, we've got a little bit of a list, Mark. What what do you got for us?
1: First up, on the feast of the Annunciation, false optimism, false consecration.
2: Mm, indeed, I'm pretty
1: sure the Pope needs to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm... Fairly certain that that is not something that there's a whole lot of flexibility um, regarding, and it's it's really strange for me to see how many people, how many trad Catholics, are seriously arguing that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether or not Bergoglio is actually the Pope or not. That you know, it's it's totally all fine. And I I, I just stop and 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 wonder if these people, if they've never read the the Old Testament, or if they've just forgotten about it. One of, the, one of the episodes in the Old Testament that is particularly seared in my mind and, and not in an entirely positive way, it's a, it's a very jarring story, is um, the incident where they're hauling the Ark of the, of the Covenant around on an ox cart and the oxen stumble and slip. And I think it's two brothers just instinctively reach out because, you know, the oxen have slipped and the, 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 uh, the ox cart with the, with the Ark of the Covenant on it is kind of going akimbo and they just instinctively reach out to try to keep the Ark from falling and they touch it and God strikes them dead. And, you know, that's one of those incidents in the Old Testament that kind of makes you, ooh, yikes, you know. Um, and all of these people who are running around, you know, trad Catholics arguing that, that you know, it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the form is. It doesn't matter what the rubrics are. It doesn't matter how it was done. It doesn't matter if Bergoglio was the Pope or not. Just shut up, stupid. It's done. Fantastic. And I find it, I find it, frankly, kind of disturbing because this is exactly the argumentation that's made about all of the liturgical abominations that go on in the Nova Sordo. Dr. Matza, where are you on this?
1: I think Dr. Matza's muted.
2: Oh. Or he fell off.
1: Well, maybe he fell off. So um, the, the one thing I would say, in addition to the fact that the actual pope has to do the consecration, is that I don't think the formula got it right anyway, at least in the English reading of it, because the object is humanity. And Russia and and Ukraine are mentioned sort of as an aside. Well, that's not what Our Lady asked for.
2: Nope. Someone someone wrote a post. Oh there there you are. Hello. He's back. Um, it was it was Father it was Father Nix, was it not? Father Nix who wrote a postage it said it's 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 nine words you guys. It's nine words. Just do the nine words. I consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I think that I think that, that that's nine words. Why is this so intensely difficult but you know back to base premises, he isn't even the Pope. So even if he had said the nine words, it's you're, you're handicapped out of the shoot. Dr. Matza, what do you say?
0: Yeah, well, uh, Timothy Gordon was kind enough to have me on his uh, show the other mm-hmm. day. And it's, uh, it's already got 10,000 views in just uh, two days. Good. Um, maybe because of Charles Coulomb. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, Gordon Coulomb, myself, and, and uh, another friend of uh, Tim's uh, and um, I was, I, look, I gave him my two cents. I started out by saying um, you have to have a Pope to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, well, and we do have
2: a Pope. It's but, just that he, did, he didn't do it. They said, well, he was... Exactly. Uh, uh, well, uh, there was a press release that he was, he was participating in prayer in the Mater Ecclesiae House. Guys, I would lay thin odds I would lay 50-50 odds that Pope Benedict Ratzinger even knew any of this was going on. I think they're keeping him, I think Ganswein keeps him almost completely isolated and and in the dark about almost everything. So um, whether or not Pope Benedict even even knew that it happened is, is 50-50 debatable the way I see it.
0: Yeah, it's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I... I I shared with them something that uh, I don't think is common knowledge, and and that is that, you know, even for the sake of argument, you know, let's say that a legit legit Pope did do this. um, (coughs) Our Lord actually, all right, let's look at what, um, actually I have an article coming out, God willing, uh, at Timothy Flanders 1 Peter 5 uh, Mm -hmm. next week, in which I talk about this. so for the sake of argument, if we had a legit pope and he did what Francesco did, well, what did Francesco do? He, he consecrated humanity and the church. And that actually, that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <but laughs> and then he gave a special mention to Russia and Ukraine. Now, I, 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 I went on air and I said this. I said, look, I, I can tell you that heaven is not going to accept this because heaven's already talked about this. In mm-hmm. um, the fall of 1940, right? World War II is raging. Uh, France has been devastated. Poland has been devastated. The Nazis are bombing Britain, uh, Britain in the Blitz, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and Sister Lucy's <coughs> superiors come to her and they're like, look, um, P- Pope Pius XII is not responding to our requests for the consecration of Russia. You need to write to him personally and, and uh, ask him to consecrate the world. And of course, Sister Lucia knows that this is not what Our Lady asked for in 1929. And so she goes and she prays before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. She says, let me read the quote. I received a letter, this is from October 22nd, 1940. I received a letter um, from Father Gonzalves and the Bishop of Gurza telling me to write to his holiness, All right. With this purpose in view, I spent two hours on my knees before our Lord exposed in the blessed sacrament. And then she repeats what I, I guess is a locution that she believed that she received. And this is what our Lord says. Pray for the Holy Father, sacrifice yourself so that his courage does not succumb under the bitterness that oppresses him. The tribulation will continue and get worse, you know, meaning World War II. Mm-hmm. I will punish the nations for their crimes by war, famine and persecution of my church. And this will weigh, especially upon my vicar on Earth. And, and here's the money line: His Holiness will obtain an abbreviation of these days of tribulation. If he takes heed of my wishes by proclaiming the act of consecration of the whole world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, with a special mention of Russia. Drop Mike.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, so it ain't. It what ain't is the done. purpose of it, this? It,
2: it's just <laughs> going to give an abbreviation. It's just going to precise. Precise. Reduce the chastisement slightly. Yeah well he reduced
1: exactly, that but it's one. not going to convert so you could say that you could say that even if that was not fulfilling the fatima request it was still a, a legitimate um a legitimate thing done by a legitimate pope and you know world war Two did end mm-hmm. so you could look at it that way too i guess
0: yeah exactly almost two years to the day on october 31st 1942 Pope Pius XII, in a very lengthy uh, radio address, makes the consecration. And he says, it's long, so I won't read the whole thing. I'll just read a few sentences. To you, to your immaculate heart, we, as common father of the great Christian family, um, we consecrate, we deliver, not only Holy Church, but also the whole world. Uh, and then he, later on, he, he makes an oblique You know special shout out to russia even though he doesn't actually use the word russia he says to peoples separated by error and discord namely those and he's talking to our lady those who profess to you singular devotion where there was no house that did not display your holy icon today hidden perhaps until better days Give them peace and lead them again to the only flock of Christ under the true and only shepherd. And so <clears throat> our Lord, in his great kindness, he condescended to accept, right, this consecration of the church and the whole world with this oblique reference to Russia and shorten, abbreviate the days of World War II. In fact, that, the next week, the Allies won their very first victory against the Nazis mm-hmm. at the battle of El Alamein in Egypt, mm-hmm. right, North Africa. And then over the next 3 months, November, December, January, um the the Russians broke the backs of the Nazis at the grueling, you know, battle of Stalingrad. Mm-hmm. And and so after that, it was just wind down. It was just a matter of time before the the Nazis yeah. lost. And um so um the whole point of it is that if you if you consecrate the church and humanity and you throw out a special shout out to Russia that does not fulfill what our lady asked for in 1929 that does not get you to Russia becoming catholic and the whole world enjoying a true peace and the triumph of Mary's immaculate heart I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. And and done by a 1000% yeah. legitimate pope. Yes. Exactly. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Oh goodness, but it's it's just, you know, stick stick your fingers in your ears and blah blah blah, shut up stupid. It's done, it's done. It's wonderful. It's good. How can this be anything but good? I'm I'm sure our Lord totally accepts this and you're like, well, if 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 someone who is not ordained a priest, uh let's say let's say hypothetically a woman decides to go up into the sanctuary and stand in front of the altar and consecrate and consecrate bread and wine. Are you going to say, "Well, it's good enough. Our, our Lord will take it. It's 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 good in in, in the large sense, or something like that." I mean, well,
1: I, th- take it one step further, and and this happened, and this happened uh, at traditional communities where the laity were invited to pray the consecration. Think about that. For oh, a
2: yeah. Is that yeah. not
1: a species of violating the fourth commandment?
2: Well, the lady yes. have no
1: business consecrating anything.
2: Exactly, exactly. Oh. Everybody's so messed up. That's why I stayed completely out of, away from any of that that was going on. I went to Mass when I was sure that nothing about it was going to be discussed. I went to Mass of of the Annunciation. That's it. So, no, I want. I didn't want anything to do with it. It's bad news. It's... It's it's just no good and a lot of people are going to get hoodwinked and bamboozled and a lot of people are going to be disappointed by this because, um, you know, there's, <laughs> as are our Lord's words, wars and rumors of wars, boy, mm. boy, oh boy, do we now know what that means, you know, you just, you just don't hardly have any idea what's actually going on in the time of the internet and everybody having a, a, a high definition camera that they carry around in their pocket that's wire, wirelessly connected to the entire planet and literally nobody knows what's going on and um there's just it, each with each day and even each hour there's completely contradictory information coming from all quarters. You know, what what's the latest that we're hearing today? That Russia is in talks with China and Russia Russia is demanding that Europe pay for all of their natural gas now in rubles. No more petrodollars, no more Euros. You will pay us in rubles. You're seizing all you're seizing our people's assets completely illegally. Fine. If if you want the gas, you will pay us
1: in rubles. And the and EU is crying, wah wah wah. That's not fair. You can't do that. That's illegal. And Russia's saying, you started it.
2: Yep, exactly, exactly. The, one there's of the. A, a, oh,
1: go
0: please,
2: ahead, Dr. Matza. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Matza. Go ahead.
0: Oh, uh, I was just going to say real quick. There's a, a very good, very good video on the internet uh, by a guy named Scott Ritter. Um, he's actually mm-hmm. been on a couple of different shows. Uh, he's a former UN weapons inspector, and I think he's a former, is it Navy officer or Marine? And um, he actually had his 15 minutes of fame uh, back when you know, Bush wanted to go into Iraq for, because of the weapons of mm-hmm. mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was against that. Um, he he gets a very balanced uh, perspective from a military perspective and from a political perspective, of what's going on with Ukraine and Russia and how you know NATO and was basically building this up over the years and uh you know we're we're finally kind of getting our comeuppance here
1: well yeah for sure I mean we've we've surrounded Putin and squeezed closer and closer and closer um he's actually been restrained I would say yeah it's it's a reverse Cuban Missile crisis right right, Mm -hmm. right
0: exactly And what people don't know about, and I alluded to this in another article I I did over at One Peter Five, is that um, if you look up, you you can do it, you know, do an online search, you'll find this. Uh, Back in March of last year, right, so March 2021, Zelensky is out there proclaiming that they've now worked out a strategy for taking Crimea back from Mm -hmm. the Russians that occupied it back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And the United States is all on board with it, and the EU is all on board with it. And does anybody know that little factoid? <laughs> I what, mean, that, that's that like we, a declaration we, of war. Yeah, we love democracy
1: war, yeah. until we don't, because yeah. the Crimeans <laughs> themselves voted to be with Russia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, yep. uh, overwhelmingly, like like 90 percent of, of the people in Crimea voted to become part of Russia. I mean, f- traditionally for centuries, it was, it, it was, um, I think it was Nikita Khrushchev, you know, back when it was all just the Soviet Union, decided to administratively give that area to Ukraine. But it didn't really matter back then, because it was all, you know, one big Soviet Union, right? Mm-hmm. But um, the, the point being that people say, well, oh well, the Russian troops had already occupied the peninsula, so you can't trust the, uh, the uh, plebiscite, and uh, in answer to that, in my article, I say, well, look, uh, w- what's the- Gallup, I think, was the polling agency, went in there and did a poll. And even like 85 percent of the ethnic Ukrainians in Crimea agreed that it was a fair election, that it was a fair referendum. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if we believe in like self-determination, all right, <laughs> So if they, if they want to be part of Russia, let them be part of Russia. You know, I mean, if if Texas wants to secede from the Union, I'm not going to start a protest movement against it.
2: (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, there's people screaming and yelling now about this is this is the absolutely most impossible thing that that anyone could even think about, talk about, bring up. And I I just wonder and, and I'm talking about in the United States, and I just wonder how in the world these people are reconciling this to the Declaration of Independence. That's how, that's how the entire thing started and they're saying that it is absolutely positively impossible for anyone to even think about detaching themselves from an extant from an extant government or, or an extant situation And but, you know, I guess that's just that's just par for the course with this culture where, you know, simultaneously holding completely contradictory premises is is the order of the day. I mean, you pretty much have to do that at this point if you want to um, exist in in the mainstream American post-Christian West paradigm. Um, the other thing I want to bring up, and going back to, you know, stealing Russian oligarch assets and, and stuff, again, reiterating, I'm I'm no fan of Russian oligarchs on any level whatsoever. However, um, I think I have a blog post that I wrote years and years ago, and I think I still have it in my archives, and I'll put it in the show notes and repost it if I can find it, about how the United States... First came into its own as a serious um, as a serious entity that was taken seriously by Europeans, and what happened was in the in the run up to the War of eighteen twelve, at the at the point at which everybody knew that there was going to be a war again with England, um, you know about violations of the Monroe Doctrine and all and and all that. The U.S. assiduously paid off all of its debts to England, knowing knowing full well that they were about to go to war with England. And the reason why that is so profoundly important is because what it communicated to the rest of the world is that the United States was, was honest financially and it was serious. And if, if the United States was in debt to you, that they were, they were good for their debts and they were going to pay their debts off because the United States did that, even in the run-up to the War of 1812, paid off their debts to England, that attracted massive investment from Europe, um, saying, oh, okay, this is serious. This isn't a flash in the pan. These people are, their word is good, um, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. That, that phrase actually means something. Now, compare that to today, and that is that is a laugh line. That is an absolute laugh line backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. A, a larger collection of psychopathic perverts has probably never been assembled in the history of the world. Um, with with profligate—I mean, <laughs> profligate doesn't even begin to describe it. Profligate um, currency devaluation. I mean, it's just— it's it's abject insanity but the whole thing was founded on a basis of establishing credit and not necessarily in the usurious sense of the word but just saying you're going to pay back your debts even to someone that you're about to go to war with because you pay your debts period and that that demonstration of integrity is what set the us up after the war of 1812 and for the rest of the of the 19th century to just explode um, in, t- in the way that it did, economically and as an international force. Mr. Historian, what do you say about that?
0: Well, yeah, shameless plug. Uh, in my mm-hmm. <laughs> Dr. Mazza Church and World classes, we're, we're covering, You know, go to edmundmazza.com. We're covering the church in the world from 1966 to 2016. Uh, Mark, I think you were in class for, for, for this one. I, I talked about how Nixon uh, took us off the gold standard, right? It, it used to be mm-hmm. that um, you know, th- thirty-five dollars would equal one ounce of gold. You could like literally trade in your dollars for gold, uh, and he he took us off of that. And then what they did was again under Nixon they created the petrodollar uh, by making an agreement with Saudi Arabia that everybody in the world was going to buy their uh, oil in U.S. dollars. Um, and um, anyway, so long story short. Uh, that's how the you know united states is able to print money like a drunken sailor uh and and have you know what's our national debt now 30 trillion uh not not counting you know unfunded liabilities it's in the
2: the quadrillions easily (laughs) if you count no i'm not not kidding it's in the quadrillions if you count unfunded liabilities
0: yep god god have mercy but um at the same time now um russia has been uh stockpiling gold hmm uh I, I wonder why right you know to back up the rubles we, we uh, you know i can't get into the economics because i'm not a biologist excuse me um, <laughs> i can't get into the ec- economics because I, I'm, not, I'm not an economist but uh but uh, uh, the, the point of it is is that uh, you know nixon uh you know, I going through uh, not to go off on a tangent here, but man, what no, a when that's up not permitted on the
2: Barnhart po- podcast. No <laughs> tangents on in this deal. <laughs> no tang- you got you got to keep it on the straight opened- and narrow, <laughs> Mister.
0: <laughs> opened up up opened up our relations with China. I mean, talk about selling the rope to hang yourself with. Yeah, um, and that's who's going to be the main beneficiary of this when when the ruble is backed by gold and people stop using the the dollar as the as the reserve currency in the world. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have read the headlines like I have that you know China, Russia, Brazil, India, India against its better judgment, you know, aligning with China um, is, is 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 perhaps going to have an alternative um, reserve currency, and that's that's mm-hmm. going to be half the world's population, maybe more.
2: Maybe more, yeah. And Iran might jump in on that, too. And interesting, interesting note, as of, I think, yesterday when I checked, the ruble has made back everything that it lost in that, you know, oh, calamitous break, the ruble has crashed. Well, you know old commodity broker here knows, oh, that that was a buy the break if ever there was one. You know, you you buy the ruble with both hands. When that happened, it's already come all the way back. And you're absolutely right. People are gonna look around and you know what? It's not gonna be very long before it's Americans before it's Americans who know what's up and who know that the dollar is doomed are gonna are going to try somehow some way to at least diversify partially into rubles and I can also promise you that the Washington DC cabal will probably attempt to seize those accounts too. And will probably and might even try people for treason for trying to allocate and hedge and you know hedge their their currency exposure by trying to allocate into rubles. It's probably already started to some extent. Also look for Western um, billionaires to start attempting to buy farmland in Russia. Instead of the way it's been going, where there's been massive um, foreign investment in American farmland, now that's going to all switch and people are going to start gobbling up Russian farmland as fast as they can. That's my prediction.
1: And the inflation, let's not forget that, because that directly comes back to the debt and the inability to service it. And um, how long are some of these nations going to allow us to intentionally create that Inflation, which is what's mm-hmm. going on, and just printing money at a you know the 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 budget that Biden just presented is I want to say double the 2010 budget. Yeah, um, n- to to say nothing of the unfunded liabilities, as as you brought up, Anne. I mean, it's just uh, uh, the Medicare, Medicaid. Social Security, you name it—it it can just, it's, never
2: be paid. Never in, in
1: a certain in a certain way. It's actually the inversion of eighteen twelve because mm-hmm. it's a situation that almost has no other solution except war. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You think about it.
2: Yep, you can't you can't inflate your way out of it because you you just destroy everything. The only way that you settle this now is—and I've been saying this for. 15 years is by reallocation of landmass. And I remember 15 years ago having a conversation with a friend of mine at the time and saying this this has to be settled by landmass reallocation. And before this is over, there will be red Chinese People's Liberation Army boots on the ground in North America, because that's the only way that this, any of this can be paid off. And the person looked at me like I was... Categorically insane, and the 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 association didn't last too much longer beyond that because it was clear that they didn't want to have anything to do with, you know, people who think that that anything like that could ever possibly happen. And like, well, how, how could my my perspective is how could you think it wouldn't? I mean, how how can you look at this situation and remember this is fifteen years ago and it was already so just gobsmackingly obvious that you were just that we were going 120 miles an hour towards a reinforced concrete wall and you know saying hey I think maybe we should I don't know put our seat belts on or something you know and having people just look at you like you're absolutely insane and so well I think I'm just gonna go ahead and and call it a retirement and cash in my chips and uh I'm not gonna, not gonna attempt to play this game, which is just obviously going to be impossible. Um, whether or not timing was perfect or ideal, I leave that to divine the divine providence. It sure seemed great to me, or so far so good, that's what I would say.
1: Well, I was, I've always uh, told people, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. I was just gonna say, I remember fondly, or I had a fond memory of about 15 years ago yesterday, Uh, when I came back from a Baltic trip and I had, you know, leftover currency. I had some sterling, I had some euros, and I had uh, some rubles. So as one does, I marched down to my bank and uh, a couple days later, and Bank of America at the time, God forbid, um, you know, kind of laid it all out and uh, got paid in US dollars for my foreign currency. Except for the rubles, because Bank of America judged them to be worthless. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward to 2022. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting?
0: Well, Well, as somebody who's been judged to be worthless, um, let me give you my two cents. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) What I was going to say was uh not to switch gears or go off on a tangent which we would never do here, but um mm. another serious somber you know you guys are saying fifteen years ago, fifteen years ago uh I specifically remember seventeen years ago this morning because I had my uh my job interview that <laughs> eventually landed landed me my university uh professor job but uh and brought me to soCal with the happening Hollywood people, but we were going to avoid the oscars um yeah no um uh, seriously <laughs> uh <laughs> uh Today was the day that they executed Terry Schiavo, or that the execution mm. was actually effected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, of course, that was a big black mark in, in my historian's notebook. That's like another Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Um, the fact that you know the Bush administration allowed her to be a, uh, you know, judicially executed, and um, you know it, we're 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 bringing down the wrath of God. I mean, we, we're getting very good at it, aren't we, by shedding innocent blood? Mhm.
2: This is, this is another thing that I find interesting about uh, certainly what you would call conservative Novus Ordo Catholics, and also to some extent Trad Catholics, is when you start even, even very gently touching that, that rail of talking to people about the fact that, you know, lo- look at what the United States has done, and how, don't you think that maybe we've got this coming? I mean, it, it, it's it's n- absolutely no way. And then you know, Lee Greenwood music starts flaring up, and you know, God shed His grace on thee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. God bless the USA. like, no, you, you you've got to wake up. I mean, do you do you believe the 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 holy scriptures? Do you believe the words of our Lord that if if people if nations engage in certain activities that God's wrath is going to be poured out upon the nation in toto, and that the good and the bad together will suffer the earthly temporal consequences of God's wrath for things like, oh, I don't know, the cult sacrifice of children and um, sodomy, the ratification of sodomy. I mean, it's um, the, 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 the fact that people just have a complete a uh, mind block against the notion that God could ever possibly, possibly, possibly punish America for any of the massive crimes that we have that we have committed and continue to commit and are actually mashing the throttle on. Um, nothing, nothing's getting better in terms of even after, you know, the 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 Corona scam, going going through that it's just mashing the throttle it's it's you know there are now kindergarten teachers um, male sodomite kindergarten teachers publicly lamenting the fact that they may not talk about their their sodomitical activities with kindergartners i mean pass, passing laws and people protesting against laws that prevent school teachers from from discussing sodomy and propagandizing children as young as three years old, I mean, it, it, what, what, do, what do you imagine? What do you imagine we deserve? And there are a lot of people who are just like, no, it's, it's Lee Greenwood, 1,000%, this is the greatest nation on earth, da-da-da-da-da. No, no, it isn't. It, it isn't at all. In fact, at this point, it's one of the worst.
0: And within the church, uh, I don't, and I don't mean to direct this at anybody in particular or any organization in particular, but uh, all this, you know, optimism and all this, well, you know, if the consecration doesn't work this time, you know, we'll, we'll get them next year. There is no next year. <laughs> there is no next year. <laughs> uh, you know, a tribute to my, my, uh, my, uh, my father, not my father, he was a Yankee fan, but my mother was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. You know, they mm. always used to say, we'll get them next year. Uh, Well, it um, it
2: also it harkens to american american um electoral politics like you know congressional elections and so forth see guys if we just had one or two more senate seats none of this would be happening of course it would be of course it would be happening because that one or two would peel off um you know they'll they'll as many will always peel off as are needed to get whatever horrible evil monstrosity through and then the rest of them will will vote so that they can fundraise you know i mean it's it it's that's what's happening with uh you know katangi i'm not a biologist whatever her name is already one What's the Republican woman who always peels off? Uh, the Collins. Alaskan woman or the Collins? Susan Collins. Co- Susan Susan Collins, Collins. Or yeah, yeah.
0: Co- Collins already peeled off. I don't know about Mur- mm-hmm. K- Murkowski yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, it's but, just, yeah, it, Collins- you set your watch by it. And then all of the fundraising emails start landing in your spam folder. I mean, you can set your watch by it. When, oh, you've got to give money because if we just had two more, this wouldn't happened. This wouldn't happen. Nobody nobody cottons to any of this and if you need to prove it
1: to anyone all you need to do is point out that even when we have the executive and both houses
2: Mm
1: -hmm. nothing changes
2: (laughs) nothing changes oh my goodness yep absolutely absolutely
1: the other thing that i think about a lot is in terms of chastisement and we deserve it and all that is wokeism and how anyone younger than 25 today isn't even capable of thinking their way out of it. Yeah, you, you can't have a rational conversation with these people. That they, their brains don't work. Logic is racist, man. Right? Yeah. 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 Math is racist.
2: Math is racist. <laughs> yes. Is racist. Yes.
1: So when you yeah. have that entire population with no end in sight, now mm-hmm. uh, those people will only get older and be replaced by even more woke people. Um, that's a problem. That's a real problem. That. I don't
2: know. Well, I'm, I'm reminded of um, Father Ripperger's um, generational spirits and his, his admonition that the, the ones who are kids right now are like, you know, undergrad age, that age right now, that generation, whatever you call it, of Zoomers. I don't even, I can't even keep track of what, they're, what the nomenclature is. But Gen Z, okay. So their, uh, their spirit of oppression is the occult. Okay, and we we clearly see that that is obvious. And then somebody asked Father Ripperger, "Well, what's the generation after that?" And Father Ripperger looked at him and said, well, there is no generation after that. When when you get to the point that you have uh, the widespread worship of Satan in your in your culture, it's finished. It will be destroyed, and it will be replaced by something else. And that's." That's what I see happening right now, because I see no indication that the brakes are being put on anything at all whatsoever. In fact, it's getting worse when you've got trad Catholics saying, well, it doesn't even matter if he's the Pope or not. I'm sure Jesus will accept it because we all have, you know, fee wings or whatever, It's okay, stay confessed, my friends, stay confessed.
1: I was just going to say the creed right now among the Gen Z, it's you do you. Which is just another way of saying, do what thou wilt Wilt shall be the whole of
2: the law. law. Yep, yep, yep. Dr. Matsu, what were you going to say?
0: Oh, I I was going to say that uh, you posted something um, that was on Gloria TV, or it was on some other thing as well. Uh, Father Gruner and Father Kramer on a panel Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. 2012. uh, Just to tie this in, this idea of there is no next generation, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, or at least one, uh, no generation that lives under a free uh, system. It won't um, be
2: Americans. It won't be Americans. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Father Gruner was saying, and Father Kramer was saying that uh, there is, uh, if, you know, in Catholic prophecy, maybe they were thinking of the prophecy of Malachi, that um, uh, after Pope Benedict, there, there's only like one other pope, or there's an anti-pope, and then there's one other pope. Did you right. want to speak to that, or?
2: Well, yeah. I mean. I've been, and I was visiting um, with Father Z about this or, you know, chit-chatting as one does on these uh, messaging apps. And the point that I made to him and that he agreed wholeheartedly with about that clip is precisely the fact that it's in 2012. You know, there's lots, I get lots of emails every day from people who are, you know, apparitionists and are, you know, subscribing to this, that, and the other you know, 70-year-old Italian woman who claims that she's having chit-chats with Jesus every other day. And it's basically just a recapitulation of headlines and saying that, you know, this is in the third secret or whatever, you know. And I don't pay any attention to any of that. The reason that that clip with um, Father Nicholas Gruner and Father Paul Kramer is so compelling is because it's fully a year, fully a year before any of this... Um, faux resignation stuff cropped up and they're sitting there talking and it sounds like it was recorded yesterday afternoon. And, and, and That, to me, you look at that, there's no possible way that they could have foreseen what Pope Benedict Ratzinger was going to do, attempt to do, however you want to characterize it, and then there's no possible way that they could have foreseen anything even close to the U.S. getting into some sort of a nuclear, something where Americans are legitimately sitting around talking about not just there being a nuclear war with Russia, but that significant portions of the American population are agitating in favor of a nuclear war with Russia. I mean, that's just cuckoo pants. And there they are 10 years ago talking about all this okay now i'm paying attention now that is compelling and yes it's true um may call me a doubting thomas or whatever but that gift of 10 years of hindsight when they could have had no context for any of this is massively massively compelling and this also applies to and father z agrees with me on this malachi martin and windswept house Okay, think about this. That book is published in I think ninety six. When that comes out, that is that's in the same um, category in the zeitgeist as um, oh, what are those uh, Dan Brown novels called? The Da Vinci Code and 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 that garbage juice. You know, it's like in that same genre. You re- you read Windswept House and you're like, oh, okay, whatever kooky, kooky ex Jesuit priest. All right, fine, fine, fine. When you have coming up on 30 years, that thing is almost, or it was being written probably every bit of 30 years in the past now. He was probably writing it in the early 90s. And it has the level of detailed accuracy that it has. And it's as fantastical, for lack of a better word, as it is. Okay you you snap up to attention and you say all right we have to go take a look back again at the entire malachi martin ove because it is obvious that there is some level of authentic knowledge that he had that he that he put pen to paper and he recorded for posterity um do do we look at this as as anything even a even close to divine revelation? Oh, of course not, of course not. But we do look at it as someone who it, it is now obvious, had information, had real genuine information and wrote it down so that there would be a record of it, not knowing even how long he would, he would survive until they killed him or he died, whichever it was that, that happened in 1999. And again, he died in 99 he did he he died six years before john paul ii even died he had no context for any of this except that there was this detailed plan to get the pope to resign and he thought it was going to be jp2 because jp2 had parkinson's and he missed it by one but he didn't even know that ratzinger would be the successor but sure enough and then <laughs> here we are Mark, Dr. Matza, we're all digging back through Ratzinger's oof, going all the way back into the '60s, and you realize that yes, Ratzinger had been involved in conversations about Pope's resigning and all this, that, and the other. And you, again, you sit up straight, you snap to attention, and say, "All right, we have to pay attention to this because this is there. There's a legitimacy here. Go ahead,
0: guys. I was on Tim Gordon's show, like I said." and I said something and his jaw his jaw dropped <laughs> uh and he was speechless uh because what he was asking it? me what what, what are you he was asking me what are your thoughts about the third secret and I said well you know uh, I put a lot of stock in Father Gruner and in Father Malachi Martin and uh, the first revelation I gave them was that you know not even in windswept house but in the keys of this blood which is mainly uh fact and and just a few you know uh, uh, bits of fiction that are thrown in there, but
2: and again, this is a this is Malachi Martin novel, yes. Alakai yeah. Novel.
0: Yes. Well, it, this this isn't this isn't even a novel. This is like straight up like history. Oh, okay. Uh, the keys okay. of this blood, like you said, this one this one came out exactly thirty thirty years ago. Uh, it's it's the this, the subtitle is uh, the the Pope, Pope John Paul II versus Russia, and uh, the the New World Order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that, uh, that, that could have been written today, only you know, oh, yeah. Pope Benedict yeah. uh, instead of oh, yeah. John Paul II. But he predicts three possible outcomes uh, in, you know, in the future. And in the first possible outcome, quote, is the day when a sizable body of clergy and laity become convinced, rightly or wrongly, that the then occupant of the apostolic throne of Peter is not, perhaps never was, a validly elected Pope. Hmm. And uh, if he, t- t- on top of that, um, in 1989, in Detroit, Michigan, uh, giving a talk, he said, we're facing what we may have to face finally, the false pope. So I, I-, I told Coulomb and I told Gordon and uh, uh, the other gentlemen, I said, uh, uh, I believe that the third secret not only talks about apostasy in the church, but talks about an anti-pope uh, and a heretic. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I quoted Father Paul Kramer. Father Paul Kramer said that he actually you know, was you know, on friendly terms with Father Malachi Martin, and that Father Malachi Martin would never actually voluntarily tell you what the third secret was because he's been, you know, swore an oath not to reveal it.
1: Mm-hmm. But when
0: Father Paul said to him, I think that the uh, third secret talks about a, a future anti pope who's a heretic, Father Martin replied, Would that that were the only thing? That the third secret talks about
2: uh-huh uh-huh
0: so confirming the, yeah that that that, that, that that's in there
2: yeah and and i would say that what the the would that it were that that were all could possibly be what i have been saying since 2016 is that it seems to me that there is a sporting chance if if not it's actively probable that Bergoglio is in fact the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist. Could could that be the would that it were that that Malachi Martin was talking about that you're gonna have an anti-pope, he'll be a heretic, and he'll be the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist? I think that's possible. I, of course, will find out, but the point that I've made about the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist with regards to Bergoglio is at this point, If, (laughs) this is a funny way to phrase it, if I were the actual false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist, and I saw Bergoglio's act, I'd be like, dude, you have completely plagiarized and stolen my act. What am I even going to do now? What am I going to do? You've abrogated the sixth commandment. You've worshipped demons in the Vatican in St. Peter's Basilica during a mass, um, you know, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. What, What literally, what is left for the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist to do such that the world would turn, look, point and say, oh my goodness, I think that dude is the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist that Bergoglio hasn't done i mean what, what the only thing i could maybe think of is like bergoglio officiating at a sodomite wedding or um
1: well it's worse than that because only a reputed pope can attempt to touch doctrine right so he's not just a private heretic he's not just right. a demon worshiper he's not just a public heretic he's inserted grave heresy into the magisterium. I mean he hasn't, if you know what I mean
2: right but, right but he
1: has as yeah. in his person, he has. Now that will all eventually be expunged, but yes. we have grave heresy being taught as authentic official magisterium of the Catholic Church, which is right. impossible.
2: And I suppose I suppose the answer to my question is that the ultimate thing that I mean, if he does if he if Bergoglio does this, there's just I mean, at that point, it's gonna be like ninety-nine percent certainty that he's the false prophet foreigner of the Antichrist. And that is if he if he changes the words of consecration in the mass such that the mass is um is made invalid. I mean seriously. And there's gonna be people I <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 chattering class will be saying well this has all happened before you know
0: <laughs> For, um, go ahead
2: dr Matza. yeah you're
0: you, ahead, Matza. you're so on target here uh father kramer actually i want to recommend this video we'll put it in the show notes yeah uh, father kramer went on it's on rumble on the glazov gang uh, Oh yeah. he's mm-hmm. interviewed by a guy named, he's interviewed by a guy named glazov and um it's actually a great interview uh father kramer goes into detail on what he he thinks that that's in the third secret, that mm-hmm. they are going to do away with the mass by changing the words of the consecration and then depriving mm-hmm. us, literally, uh, of the Eucharist, you know, fulfilling the prophecy of Daniel. Uh, yep. And um, yep. uh, so I highly recommend uh, that uh, that video.
1: And just to get back, so we'll, we'll post that. I almost posted that, actually, on the blog. But um, getting back to the original video that you were... Uh, I think, Doctor, you brought it up, where you've got Father Gruner and Father Kramer in 2012. And just so everybody understands how out of the blue the Benedict Faux resignation was, the, the, the video we're talking about here was during the time after Pope Benedict had announced a jubilee year of faith, mm-hmm. but, be, but before it had begun. And, but it had begun... Uh, when Benedict read out his faux resignation, so yes. he literally the two points I want to make. First, he resigned during a jubilee year that he called. Something's not right about that. Yeah, something is 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 fishy. The second thing I want to point out is, uh, well, I'm just reiterating it really, but in this video, as you will will watch, um, they're calling out the fact that or. I don't want to say fact. They're calling out that Benedict is the last, or the the Pope after Benedict will be an anti Pope,
2: right? And then there will uh, be one more. No one was predicting legit that, one, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So
1: that's that's some inside baseball right there. There's clearly they're working on some information that's not uh, available to us.
2: And the, the thing that blows my mind is. How how would that even happen? Okay, put yourself in 2012, put yourself in Father Gruner and Father Kramer's shoes, and they're sitting there and they've got information that who whatever happens after Benedict is gonna be an anti-Pope. And you'd have to be sitting there asking yourself, well, h- how in the world could that even happen? Benedict dies, they call a conclave, they elect somebody. I mean, w- what possible mechanism could there be, that could cause an anti-papacy to even happen in the 21st century? Dun dun dun. Well, now we all know, don't we? Now we all know exactly how, and you realize in retrospect that they've been talking about it for a while.
1: In fact, if we had seen that video in real time, we would have probably called them out. Like, that's a very suspicious thing to be saying. What are you talking about?
2: yeah what are you talking about Uh, and I mean we're all living through this and you crazy conspiracy theorist and you know uh it's (laughs) it's not conspiracy theorizing it's conspiracy documentation basically you know so uh, um but and and then Benedict
0: himself confirms uh in his Seawold interview right in the the 2017 book right by last Testament in his own Mm -hmm. words where Peter Seawold interviews Pope Benedict um, there's a, I'll read the line to you. It, it kind of confirms what Father Kramer and Father Gruner were talking about. And I think Father Kramer even brings this up in, in the Glazow interview. Um, this is what Benedict, this is what Seewald says to Benedict. Now we come to that decision, which in itself already makes your pontificate seem historic. Your resignation was the first time a genuinely ruling pontiff had stood down from his office no one else had I mean, a minute. hold the phone for a second that that may or may not be historically accurate because there mm-hmm. have been resignations celestine uh, was genuinely
2: ruling yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: exactly right so but so why would seawold say something like that and and, and let's see how, if benedict corrects him or not mm-hmm. um seawold says your resignation was the first time a genuinely ruling pontiff had stood down from his office No one else has changed the papacy more deeply in modern times than you, with this revolutionary act. The Petrine foundation has come closer to us. Blah 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 blah. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) Germans being German, uh, Germans
2: being German, Germans being German.
0: (laughs) 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 You said that, not me. Mm, Uh, Racist, Barnhart. Barnhart. Uh, So, (laughs) no pope has stood down for a thousand years. Now, wait a minute, <laughs> again, this is Seawold talking. What about Gregory, the was it Gregory the 12th during the uh, Great Western Schism? Or um, like you said, Celestine uh, in, in, um, right before Pope Boniface. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no Pope has stood down for a thousand years. It was still an exception in the first thousand years of the papacy. It is a decision which was not taken easily Oh, wait a minute. This is actually, I think, um, Benedict talking. I'm sorry mm-hmm. for confusing everybody, but I'm, I'm reading my, my Kindle notes and highlights here. Um, and I think this is actually Benedict answering that there's been, no Pope has stood down for a thousand years. It was still an exception in the first thousand years of the papacy. It is a decision which was not taken easily and which had to be mulled over and over again. On the other hand, the evidence was so great that there was no internal struggle. An awareness of its responsibility and seriousness called for the most thorough examination time and again, having to examine yourself before God and before yourself, et cetera, et cetera. So um, what's the upshot of this? What is, so what is Benedict trying to say that um, no Pope has has stood down for a thousand years when at least two of them have, right? Mm -hmm. And what does he mean when he says, it was still an exception in the first thousand years of the papacy, well, Father Kramer interprets this to mean that Benedict does not associate what he did in two thousand thirteen with either Gregory the Twelfth or celestine
1: oh they've said rather that. he yeah yet yeah.
0: yeah, rather he associates what he did with with some kind of exceptional situation that existed during the first thousand years of the papacy mm-hmm. and um in the in the video, Father Kramer suggests was it uh, one of the one of the Benedict's or one of the Johns? But somebody in the first thousand years of the Church's history kind of stepped down, but really didn't. Um, and I have to it's it's, it's, one, it's one of the things on my to do list to to research. But um, mm-hmm. so I, again, it, this 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 could be Benedict giving us breadcrumbs and, and Easter eggs here.
1: Well, this goes to the Gansline speech too, where he compared yeah. whatever Benedict did to the Immaculate Conception, and he yeah. called he he directly made a direct comparison to, I think, Celestine. Celestine, and said, yep. Said whatever Benedict did here was entirely different.
2: Entirely different, yep absolutely and he's the first ever pope emeritus okay so if it's entirely different than what celestine v did and he is the first ever pope emeritus how can it possibly be exactly the same thing how can it how can it be a resignation how can it be a papal resignation like the previous papal resignations in church history if you've said explicitly that it is not what celestine v did and that he is the first ever Pope Emeritus that this is a completely new situation and it is so marvelous and so wonderful and so earth-shattering that we're going to go ahead and we're going to analogize it to the Immaculate Conception. Okay, talk about violating the rules of non-contradiction. Something can't both be and not be. Either he resigned, just like every other pope has resigned, or he didn't, and you've emphatically said over and over that he didn't, and that it's something completely different. Well, if it's something completely different, then he didn't resign. So yeah, I mean, be beating dead horses and all that, but uh, not necessarily beating dead horses because there's always new, um, new ears and new eyes around here. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt necessarily to recapitulate these things um what i do want to uh to pivot into is coffin's video um which we will put in the show notes which is just coffin by himself talking about the um the feedback or the criticism feedback. or the hate mail or whatever you want to call it, the canceling, all of that, that he's received since he joined the club and came out and said thanks to, and he his inspiration was the outstanding work of Estefania Acosta, who is the Colombian attorney who put together the fabulous book, which we will again link to in the show notes, and it is translated into English. Um, I've got it sitting, I'm touching it right now as we speak. Um, that she just she systematically laid absolutely everything out and coffin said he read her book and said that's it okay i'm i'm getting in on this and his video um i i i think from what i've heard is that he's you know in the camp that that hates me and thinks i'm terrible and toxic and you know that's that's completely fine what what patrick coffin thinks of me is absolutely none of my business his video and both of them so far that i've seen And um, what, what, didn't you do an appearance with him, Dr. Matza?
0: I did. uh, Yeah, that was really good,
2: too. Yeah, that was that was very good. Um, But, you know, this latest video that he's come out with not a word of a lie in it. It's all it's all completely solid. He makes lots of really good points. Um, The one I want to start with is he asked the question, I I don't know what these people and he goes through like people that are his friends, like the the tour guide guy, Steve Ray, who wears the pith hat and does the shows on EWTN. That guy's a tour guide, Um, apparently coffin. And, and ray were friends before and you know ray i don't know if he calumniated coffin or or what he did but denounced him of of course as as you would expect um and you know he goes down the line i think coffin used to have friendly relations with the church militant people and of course they've gone to war with him and schismatic blah 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 and coffin asked the question what is the motivation here and I know the answer. It's a two. It's a twofold. It's it's money and it's pride. Um, if it's for most people, it's a combination of the two. Why it is that they absolutely refuse to even talk about entertain and will savagely go to war against anyone who even says, "Hey, maybe we should look at this resignation issue and maybe we should consider that Bergoglio isn't the Pope." Um, it's money because, like with Steve Ray, for example, um, he has to be in the good graces of the Vatican and of the Novus Ordo Church, because he makes his entire living off of doing tours of Rome. And I think he goes to the Holy Land, too. Um, and you can tell that a guy like Steve Ray, and I'm going to come out and say it, I don't, uh, Mark and Dr. Matzi, you don't need to be drugged into my opinion. But a guy like that has no integrity. And one of the indications, there's a couple of indications that I know of. First of all, he's um, fanboy and BFFs with the odious Liz Lev and Father Thomas williams her priest baby daddy um he's been he's been proverbially in bed with them for years and years and years and years as a tour guide totally turned a blind eye to the fact that they were openly carrying on a sexual affair while thomas williams or before thomas williams was even laicized and when and of course when it all exploded and levin williams got got married such as it was um, you know, he was the first one. Oh, this is so wonderful, congratulations in your new life. Not a word about the fact that this is a sickening, deplorable scandal and that these people should be living in, in hiding for the rest of their lives, begging God's mercy for what they've done. Um, no, 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 oh, best friends. And in order for Steve Ray to do all of his tours, including the Vatican and including the Holy Land, um, Steve Ray has, by definition, this is is a fact, Steve Ray has been injected all three times, maybe four by now. And Steve Ray puts on the Masonic burqa everywhere he goes. He forces all of his clients who go on his tours to be injected with the satanic death injection. Um, 100% all in on board with that. Okay, you, that's thats all I need to know. This man has no integrity. This man has no personal integrity. Steve Ray, you have no integrity. Um, so money. These people need to be in the good graces of the institutional church in order to keep their jobs, in order to keep their career tracks. Even someone like Peter Kwasniewski has to be seen to be in the good graces of the Vatican and the institutional church to get even even freelance work, even tangential editing gigs for, for, for publishing houses and things like that. If you come out and say, I don't believe that Bergoglio is the Pope, you are completely and totally disqualified from working in any way first, second, or third degree removed from the institutional church. The second is pride, obviously. It's been nine years now, and these people have missed this. I missed it for, what would it be? Three. I missed it for three years um, because it happened in 2013, and my public statement was in early June of 16. So I missed it for three. Um, These people have now missed it for nine, with people like me jumping up and down, screaming, yelling, making videos, putting all this information out. Then then Mark joined, then Dr. Matza joined, then Father Nix and all kinds of other people come in. Go ahead.
0: Uh, and I'm, I just want to say, I want to just get this off my chest here. Uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about Steve Ray because I don't want to end up like Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but but yeah. i will And actually this this might apply also to another person that patrick coffin brings up in his video patrick coffin challenges michael voris mm-hmm. to a debate mm-hmm. and he says let's do this mano y mano right none of this like wing wingman uh tag team uh, right, thing, right right like yeah. he wanted to do with, with taylor when he called out taylor marshall and and he did the uh the february 18th uh you know <laughs> yelling at the camera about uh all these terrible people that are leading souls to hell because the they, they have these theories that the that Benedict might still be the Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another good aspect of, of Patrick Coffin's um, oh, video, yes. is he, uh, oh yeah that he he you know he challenged Boris on that and and um, he also I, I actually make a cameo appearance and um, did you guys see uh,
2: yes which
1: one yes I heard it oh I, yeah I yeah, a cameo yeah.
2: Coffin <laughs> yes we knew Should we, we talk knew. About this? Oh yeah, we knew about uh, Voris, you know, coming at you like you know, with fingernails bared and everything, and clawing and scratching. Well, had, he did but- have
0: <laughs> he did have that Will Smith look in his eye. <laughs> As he was looking at well, you,
2: C- Christine Jada had given him had given him the stink eye. So you know, <laughs> oh goodness, yes, Doctor Matza was like you weren't physically attacked in the sense that uh, voris did not lay hands on dr Matza, but voris had a full-on screaming bellowing fit at dr Matza at that conference that was in in la and uh
0: yeah what did i say what did i say (laughs) i I
2: didn't do nothing (laughs) but but you know the analogy there is imperfect because you know church militant and money really don't have anything to do with each other i mean that's No. no no that doesn't follow at all um But so yes, that that concludes the money point. But then back to the pride point. Okay, these people have missed it for nine years, you're supposed to be the intelligentsia, you're supposed to be the, the great educated class, I would also hasten to remind a lot of people that a goodly number of these people have gone and racked up six figures in student loans, getting bachelor's, master's, PhDs in theology, or whatever, that they're never going to be able to pay back. I mean, you know, you go, you go get a degree like that. And if, if as a layman, you can find a job, you're making just peanuts. So they've, they've financially blown their own brains out by going and running up student debt. they the only thing that they're clinging to is that they know better. And how dare these unlettered lay nothings, come out and 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 say any of this stuff and how dare you express an opinion and how dare you even open your mouth and utter one word of canon law when when I have I have a $175,000 student loan balance to prove that I'm smarter than you which I mean talk about a laugh line right there I have 175,000 in student loans to prove that I'm smarter than you <laughs> so it is a it is a absolutely 100 percent a question of pride that they've missed it for this long it's it's the biggest thing that's happened probably in the 2000 year history of the church they've completely missed it and now they're so far in committed to it that they just can't say okay i've been wrong this is where coffin again deserves praise because coffin has said Okay, yeah, I was mistaken up until now. It looks like that this is in fact the case, and he deserves he deserves to be uh, to be congratulated for that because yeah, it, it is a big deal to come out and say, yeah, I, I've I've been wrong for years about something, and and now now I'm gonna do my best to rectify that and get squared away with the truth. And Coffin has done that, so that that right there indicates what we were talking about before, about how guys like Steve Ray don't have any integrity. Well, Coffin has shown in this in this instance that he absolutely does by saying, "I've been wrong about this guy for nine years."
1: One of the things he brings up about Voris and and people who conduct themselves like Voris is that the, the they take the position that it's it's actually sinful to examine the evidence that's a sinful operation of the will which is absolutely unbelievable and actually anti-scriptural if you think about yeah. it a- a- anti-gospel
2: well and think about why they're saying that because e- either these people in my personal experiment in my personal experience and mark i think you'd say the same and dr motz i suspect you'd say the same thing um i think these people have never engaged any of the data any of the evidence at all they say that they have oh yeah i know i know what those people are going off about i've looked at all that and it's all it's all nonsense well if you look at people like poor guy i mean i almost i I feel bad for him is the stephen o'reilly the romo romo locuta guy i mean it's just embarrassing sometimes to 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 look at him you you drop you drop a mount everest of evidence in the guy's lap and he just immediately says well of course there's no evidence like okay is it is it because he's unintelligent or is this the cia training coming out or is it both or is he just a dum-dum who was also a CIA spook and he was trained to do this no matter what happens deny 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 do
0: you
2: need to get that Dr. Matza do you need to get that yeah (laughs) important call coming in important call coming in (laughs) so they've never engaged the data and it's obvious that they've never engaged the data and I think you know they're embarrassed about that and they're telling people don't you even dare look at any of this data because deep down, I think they know that if people do look at it, it's, it's so compelling and it's so voluminous that more and more people, if they just stop and read the February 27th, um, allegedly final, final audience, and if you read the Ganswine speech and you read non-solem propter and you read canon law, that just that, and then all the other stuff that we've found, all of the other evidence, all of the other ex post facto stuff like Pope Benedict continuing to dress in white, live in the Vatican, give my apostolic blessing, which is something only the Pope can do. Um, I mean, all of the ex post facto stuff after 2013, I think these people deep down know that if people start actually looking at this, they're gonna say, you know what, these people are right. And, and Bergoglio isn't the Pope. And they're just terrified of losing face, losing face, and as I started with, losing income. So, that's that's
0: it. What Voris said, uh, you know, to me, and he's also said this publicly, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is that he, he quotes canon law. He quotes the canon that says, uh, you know, that the, the the Holy See, the first see, is judged by no one.
2: And in response and to he that is. To say, <laughs> My fantasy, my fantasy, was if, some, if, if I were in a forum and someone were to, were to bring that up, my response would be with all of the dripping, dripping sarcasm that I could muster, Surely, surely you must know and understand that that refers to canonical trials that the first C is judged by no one in the context of a canonical trial. You, you certainly, certainly cannot believe that the Pope can do, do or say absolutely anything. And no one may make any moral or doctrinal judgment on what he has said or done in any way. Surely, surely you must understand that because you of course have a master's degree Uh, you 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 of course have a phd do you not i mean you you are of course a canon lawyer are you not you must understand that right dripping sarcasm dripping sarcasm Mm.
0: yeah and don't ever call me shirley um Let me get first. First off, let me say that. Okay. Secondly, (laughs) poor Dr. Matza.
2: does these shows, and it's just he's got (laughs) these pop culture references, and you guys don't understand the pain that he's in when there's one just you know that low hanging pop culture reference fruit there, and he just he's just waiting. He's just waiting to grab it. (laughs) So he's got that going you know for him. Too which well. is nice. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we need to do. All right. So I got to get a hold of myself before I completely lose it. Um, <laughs> what was my thought again? <laughs> oh, yes. Canon law. Canon uh, law. <laughs> <like, laughs> of course. Surely. <laughs> so. Um, you're absolutely no, in all seriousness, Anne. You're absolutely correct. It, canon law is referring to no one may juridically judge, <laughs> canonically judge the Pope because he. There is no supreme court. Uh, the Pope is the highest, you know, uh, court of appeal within the church. But, and let me quote um, Archbishop Vigano. Okay, this was from his open letter to confused priests, and this was from January thirty first of last year so 2021 and uh, i don't know if every uh, this is something that i think a lot of people um overlooked because this is what he he says he says um now that i've built this up i have to find the (laughs) exact quote here which is terrible
2: well
0: you know (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the difference, it's the Amoratus, it's the and then the, um, no, Amara, okay, okay, this is, this is what uh, Vigano says, <clears throat> we can nevertheless recognize a Pope as a heretic, shall I repeat that? We yeah. can nevertheless recognize a Pope as a heretic, and as such... Refuse, on a case-by-case basis, to show him the obedience to which he would otherwise be entitled. We do not judge him because we do not have the authority to do so, i.e. juridically. Juridically, canonically, yeah. Canonically. But we recognize him for who he is, Mm -hmm. waiting for providence to arouse those who can pronounce it definitively, and authoritatively.
2: Oh, sigh. Okay, okay, you bring up Vigano. I have to make this point, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's kind of related. There's a bunch of people now trying to say that Vigano is not writing the stuff that he releases. I can in the Holy absolutely- Weigel? yeah the oh the holy wiggle yeah that's right the holy wiggle is saying that, that that he isn't um that Vigano isn't writing that he's being fed all this by taylor marshall or something guys stop 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 i can absolutely tell you Vigano is writing all of it and how do i know that because only an octogenarian Italian academic will take 7,500 words to say what could easily, easily be said in 750. And that's, that is the old Italian, act. if it's not even old, the young ones are taught to do it too, still. Um, they are taught to just have incomprehensible levels of verbal diarrhea because they all think that that's really impressive you know if i can if i can drag things out to be 10 times longer um, prosaically than they need to be. That is just proving how incredibly brilliant and intelligent I am. When of course we all know that exactly the opposite is true. That brevity is the soul of wit. Hello. Um, but no, Vigano is totally writing all that. And you can tell by the style that's not Taylor Marshall's style. Taylor Marshall could not write that those, those tracks that Vigano writes in that prosaic style if his life depended on it and nor nor could really anyone else could vegano have been fed like the trump stuff and that's that's the entire reason why why i'm not you know posting everything that vegano posts and all that he with me and i think and it was it's with all three of us because we, as soon as he released that thing saying that Donald J. Trump was the catacomb of Second Thessalonians 2, we were all like instantly messaging each other saying, we have got to record immediately because this cannot be left unaddressed because it was just so spectacularly obtuse. I mean, seriously, the, 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 the Supreme Cheeto is not mentioned in, in Holy <laughs> Scripture. I am... I am quite confident of this. So, um no, obviously you really the pope really out a limo on that one. Yeah, re- really sticking my neck out on that one. <laughs> um, you know, obviously the pope is is the catacomb that's holding that's holding back the arm of wrath and which is why each each passing day that Bo- Pope Benedict has not been murdered by those people, whether it be by Injection or withholding medical care or with a pillow is just an absolute is, is a gift and a miracle and why we have to keep pushing 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 and even even if Pope Benedict does die, um, and however he does die, we're gonna still keep pushing pushing pushing. That's not the that's not the closure of anything. In fact, that's probably gonna be just the beginning. So, yeah, that just wanted to mention that about Viganò. Yes, yes, he's writing all that stuff. He totally
0: is. And I dare say that the the reason why he has not come out and commented on the consecration of Russia, uh, I, I my own personal opinion is I think that Vigano does not consider Bergoglio to be a, a legit pope.
2: I suspect you're right. Suspect- yeah, but he's he's I think he thinks that he's going to be able to come back and have be some sort of a kingmaker. Or, I I don't even know what these people think, but I mean at this point. He's already he's already taken off. He's in exile. I, my question is: What do you have to lose, if if you if you honestly think I don't, I don't want to force you into into saying something that you don't believe? But if Archbishop if Archbishop Vigano, you do actually believe that Bergoglio is not the Pope and Pope Benedict didn't validly resign, at this point, what in the world do you have to lose by by coming out and saying that openly? You're a multi-multi-millionaire, you're not contingent upon, uh, upon a pension or anything like that. What do you have to lose? What do you say, Dr. Matza?
0: Well, you know, most of the wisdom I've learned in life comes from watching The Godfather movies, yeah. um, mm. which by the way, last, last week was the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Um, but in Godfather Two, the guy who's gonna testify against Michael Corleone, uh, Frank Pantangeli,
1: before mm-hmm. the
0: congressional committee, uh, he, his testimony is going to put Michael away, and then, um, guess, who the, guess who comes into the courtroom? But Frank Pantangeli's brother from mm-hmm. Italy, uh, and, <laughs> and suddenly, Frank changes his testimony. Yep. I never knew no godfather. <laughs> yeah, I worked with his father in the olive oil business, <laughs> but that was a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah, the FBI guys came to me, and they said, hey, Michael, Coley only did this. Like oh, am calling really did that. Was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's <is> all lies. <laughs> and, and then Mitch it's McConnell is up there. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I don't know what's going on around
2: here. <laughs> was it Mitch McConnell or was it, was it Strom Thurmond? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my Ugh. goodness <laughs> <laughs> oh frankie well, five angels
0: we, 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 exactly so i mean vegano does have a brother i can tell you this i mean there are people yes, who pay money for this yeah. information but but uh so oh <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> what we really need among the trads right now is a meeting of the five families you know <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get Coffin and Taylor Marshall and Gordon and Boris, and we're gonna make a meeting. <clears throat> I thought we could come together like reasonable men. I forgo the vengeance, but I have selfish reasons. If I gotta bring Ed Penton back to the country. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember Mara like, like four or five years ago, he called Ed Penton a mafioso. Yes. <laughs> Did you, you know, and Mara De- Speaking of s- speaking of speaking of secret meetings. Last week there was a secret meeting held in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago places, <laughs> With, with Maradiaga and 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 Natalia <laughs> and, <laughs> and Barzini. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, oh,
1: and Max Beans. Max Beans. <laughs> Max Beans was the keynote. Oh,
0: my Max Max Beans is a pimp. He never could have outfought. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys.
2: I haven't laughed this hard since the episode we did where we said we were gonna do a a, letting, a letting cruise. <laughs> the retreat at sea. <laughs> the retreat at sea. <laughs> Floor shows at nine and eleven. Be sure to try the veal. <laughs> oh
1: my. You know guys, I have to say this reminds me of uh, the retort to one of the other accusations laid by the, uh, uh, the folks who say that we're not even allowed to talk about this. Um, and most especially, you know, even if you've dared to, to sin boldly and examine the evidence, if you dare spread it on any sort of platform, uh, you're causing scandal and, and your souls are being lost to despair. I hear no despair on this podcast. I hear no despair.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! I have a t-shirt. No, I'm getting a t-shirt made. It says Sin and Sin Boldly, Martin Luther. <laughs> and on the back right, on the back of the t-shirt it says, "But believe more boldly still." <laughs> And then, no. and then, right below that, it says, "Go out and make a mess." Jorge Go, yeah, go
2: out and make a mess. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh. It's, it, and it's absolutely true, and I've been saying this for a very long time, that if you are one of these um, pundits and talking heads and you hold the position intransigently that Bergoglio is the Pope and there is absolutely no possibility whatsoever that he isn't, you will go bonkers, you will apostatize something is going to happen because you cannot hold that. You cannot hold a an internal contradiction like that um, without losing your mind. And sadly, there are people who are apostatizing and well, like prominent trad Catholics who are apostatizing and fanboying on Satan and declaring God to be evil. And I mean, it's it, when when people fall, goodness, they fall hard. Um, so no, because I mean- Because holding,
1: holding the position that Francis is definitely Pope, Intransigently, is the more scandalous.
2: Yes. Oh, position. no question. Oh, of course it is.
1: Because it, it is. turns your religion into something that's false.
2: Yep, absolutely. That is the scandal. Ugh. And yeah, we're we're not the ones who are miserable over here. We're <laughs> I sleep like a baby, and mass is wonderful, and. You know, even even in the face of you know corona, corona crap and and all of that, man, I I do not have a complaint in the world. I am a young kid living the dream. Um, you, you know the the colloquialism. I'm the luckiest girl in the world, but of course we don't believe in luck. I am the most I'm um, most blessed girl you probably know. So yeah, and I th- I thank both of you for it. And I was um. I was messaging. We were messaging in the warm up, and just you know, looking at various and sundry um, soap opera dynamics that are happening today that I wasn't even fully informed about. And we're not going to get into it, but I made the remark to to Dr. Matzo, who's d- doing such a great job, you know, because you're you're publicly acceptable, acceptable, whereas I am not, and so you're able to go on all these shows and you're doing such a fantastic job. And I just want to thank you again for being just just so exquisitely normal. Thank you for not being some <clears> character out of, you know, Honey Boo Boo world or something, you know. It's just it's just such a pleasure to to be associated with you and one does not sit around and worry about if Mark or Dr. Matza or Super Nerd or Nurse Claire or anybody else that we associate with. Everybody's just really, really normal. I am by far, by far, the most completely abnormal person in the whole group. Everybody is so normal and so cool and isn't, you know, just doesn't engage in, in, Stupid online garbage, you know, and just thank you, thank you, thank you. It's so important that there be credible voices out there and not, not grifters and not, not head cases or, or anything like that. And you, you guys are just none of that.
0: The truth is, and I know I shouldn't, I, I don't, I don't step out of line because I know you're going to do the full Will Smith on me if I do. I so do I behave the, yep, myself.
2: Yeah. That, I'm open handed right across the face, but (laughs) especially when those wire transfers land in my bank account and, you know, I've got to I got to do the do the advertising campaign for for daddy who's paying me. So (laughs) Pfizer, (laughs) excuse me, brought to you
0: by Pfizer,
1: (laughs) literally the Oscars brought to you by Pfizer, you you can't make it up.
0: Yep, absolutely. I've got
1: a couple things left on my list here, guys. We're at 90 minutes. I know that, Doc, you wanted to talk a little about uh, Professor Radelli's new book.
0: Yes, we have actually a, a slew of books that I want to promote here. Ooh, um, let, let's start with Dr. Enrico Radelli, who uh, trad folks may know was the disciple of uh, Emerio uh, Romano iota
2: unum yes yes <clears throat> yes wow. mario
0: romano um he uh in fact he says in his book and actually so the book is called well this is the he he kindly sent me um as a gift the italian version and the english version and oh the english God. version is called at the heart of ratzinger he is the pope not the other forward by Rene Henry Grissita, ah. the 97 year old ah. <laughs> Bishop of uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's like 372 pages of actual text. And <clears throat> on, on the foreword to the book, he says here that, um, today Romano Amerio would affirm Benedict XVI's resignation is invalid, null and void ratzinger mm-hmm. is still the pope bergoglio is an anti-pope mm-hmm. and so basically the the rest of the 350 70 pages is uh you know dr roy diley explaining why he, he argues that so i'm looking forward to to reading it and diving into it um so, so i remember he had written to you to a mention. few
1: years ago i think with the first iteration of your theory doc he complimented
0: he w- you didn't
2: he
1: yes yes and he was more on he the, very uh, kind mm-hmm. He was more levered on the Canon 188 uh, substantial error uh, than some of the other parts of the, the, the argument. So I wonder if two years yeah, he's, later, he's if he follows confident. through in the, yeah.
2: It'll be, so you, uh, haven't, read then, it, you um, haven't read it yet?
0: It, 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 it like literally, you know, was delivered to my door like a day or so ago. Oh, so, okay. Great. Well, so, um, we'll, we'll not, put it in the show notes. I have not gotten through it yet. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, the other book... Uh, we've talked about Father Paul Kramer. Uh, he's actually got two books. One of them came out last November, uh, and it's called um, On the True and the False Pope. On the True and the False Pope, The Case Against Bergoglio mm-hmm. by Father Paul Kramer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just loaded with lots of good stuff, stuff that you won't find um, anywhere else. So I highly, I highly recommend that. Uh, and also, um, not exactly on Bergoglio, but Father Charles Murr, who uh, I'm a really big fan of, he just came out with a book um, called Murder in the 33rd Degree.
2: Oh, I in, know what that's about. Mm-hmm, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. The, the Gagnon Investigation into Vatican Freemasonry. Uh, so for those who don't know Father Murr, he's a very good, holy, traditional priest, uh, he was ordained back in 1977, uh, and he was friends with Cardinal Gagnon, a, a good traditional uh, um, cardinal, and at the time archbishop, uh, who was tasked by um, uh, Benelli, who was the secretary of state. To um, was he this? No, he wasn't the secretary of state. Vallott was the secretary of state. But anyway, <clears throat> under Paul the Sixth, uh, Paul the Sixth tasked. Uh, Cardinal Gagnon with uh, investigating corruption in the Vatican, and so uh, this promises to be an excellent book for those that are interested in that. Um, and again, the Godfather reference, you can watch Godfather three to fill in the details of. Uh, <laughs> what Ugh. was going on in the now, are we really gonna
2: recommend godfather three <laughs> do we really want to take no, that step good point I mean,
0: excellent i i mm, i stand corrected
2: it would kind of reduce credibility i think so yeah absolutely right yeah okay <laughs> the best part of godfather three though is the um the bishop running up, uh, uh, up or down the the st- the spiral staircase in the Vatican Museums, we- wearing cope and mitre. <laughs> That's just the best, because <laughs> you know, you know, prelates just run around in cope and mitre. You know, they're just out on the street. You know, <laughs> running the staircases. <laughs> oh, wonderful! In fact, and I then, was told uh, that, I thought- that they they consulted they had consultants like telling them you you can't do this this is completely wrong and every time hollywood tries to do anything showing traditional catholic mass garments anything they call in consultants the consultants tell them this is completely totally wrong and then the hollywood people completely disregard it and do it anyway so yeah
0: precisely <laughs> precisely yep. and, and then um i was going to announce but i guess I, this is sort of a negative thing Um, I had actually sent a book proposal of my own to Mm. a publisher, but uh, unfortunately, they wrote back and they said that they were not going to take me up on it. So, um, but that's okay. Um, Self-publish,
2: Dr. Matza. I use Lulu. You think I should? I <laughs> Absolutely. I, I will have a private conversation with you about the difference between the um, the um, percent of the purchase price of the book that you get to keep versus publishing through a house, and um, hmm. I am I am quite confident that you will be um, that you'll be impressed by what I tell you. So,
1: oh, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Next topic is the. 100th anniversary of Blessed Carl, uh, and yes. maybe what yeah, he did or what he didn't do and why it matters.
2: Dr. Matza, recapitulate the story of um, Blessed Emperor Carl.
0: Wow. Well, he he was the statesman <clears throat> of the 20th century and really a model for everybody. You know, everybody was so bloodthirsty in World War One, and they, they were so short-sighted that they couldn't see you know, the, the horror that was going to come out of this, you know, the, the Bolshevik Revolution and the Soviet Union uh, laying the, the, the groundwork for uh, <clears throat> Hitler and the Nazis. And really only two people had any sense in their head. And, and that was uh, Pope Benedict the 15th and Blessed Karl of Austria, who uh, didn't expect to inherit the throne. Uh, obviously, it was, it, was his, it was his uncle, I believe, the, the, Franz Ferdinand, who was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Who, who should have become the emperor of Austria-Hungary, uh, and then when his so, so when his father died uh, during the war, um, it, it was Karl's uh, uh, opportunity. And Carl was a peacemaker. Uh, you know, th- his wife uh, Zita, who's you know a- another person who should be uh, on the road to canonization. Um, her brother, I think, was was um, her family was either Italian or French or. Provence yeah she was a parma she
2: um, was bourbon parma yeah she was italian
0: yeah and so she uh you know she, through through his brother in law he tried to reach out to the to the Allied side or whatever they call themselves um and um but England and France were just really too committed to this, especially since the the Americans were about to come on board in the spring of uh nineteen seventeen but um so he was, he was known as a peacemaker, but he was also brave. I mean, he, he led men in battle, and, and he was really the, he was the real deal. And um, so, but after he, um, you know, after World War I ended, he was uh, put under a lot of pressure. And as, uh, you know, by a whom? friend of mine- but Put Michael under Hesh- pressure by whom? <laughs> by whom? Well, my, my good friend, uh, Michael Hescheman, some people might know him uh he uh he has published and i think it was micah hickson who brought this up in a one peter five post a few years back mm-hmm. how uh, Heshamon did work in the vatican archives and discovered that um the vatican pope benedict the 15th received a letter uh from it was either the german ambassador you know somebody close to the kaiser saying that they had information that the freemasons you know wanted to get rid of the kaiser they wanted to get rid of all the the heads of europe because again what are the freemasons what what's the the the, the catchphrase of the uh, illuminati right the, the, against the throne and against the altar right mm-hmm. so long story short on november 11th uh 1918 right armistice day uh everybody you know all the textbooks will tell you that blessed karl abdicated the throne uh but Funny enough, he never abdicated the throne. He just mm-hmm. gave up the active exercise of the governance.
2: Yep, hmm. oh, Does that, what, sound what, like that sounds, that has <laughs> such a familiar ring to it. Such a familiar <laughs> ring to it, ah, yes.
0: And, and I, if you guys want, I mean, I, I, I was in correspondence with uh, a professor in England from Cambridge Uh, and he shared with me some fascinating information about the crown of hungary and how it's it's how the crown of hungary was a gift from the virgin mary to saint stephen Mm -hmm. uh and how uh, you know you can't you can't give it up it's like being married it's like you know once you're married you're married yeah uh and and um all this beautiful imagery of of the crown and and uh, so the king could not divorce his crown his land or his people no hungarian king has ever abdicated uh so and um and also suzanne Pearson uh, is a big authority on blessed carl and we're, we're talking about blessed carl because today that when this is being broadcast april fool's day uh is the, is actually the day that he died exactly 100 years ago in exile uh he he had tried to get back his throne but again the freemasons actually suzanne pearson told me that the freemasons bribed him they said look we'll, we'll put you back on the throne but you have to allow a divorce you got to do this you got to do that mm-hmm. and he wasn't having any of it yep. and so he and his family like his what, eight kids
1: mm-hmm. uh, his
0: his wife and his eight kids uh, were exiled to this god-forsaken island, you know, off the coast of Portugal, where actually uh, Suzanne Pearson and Charles Coulomb and others, uh, other devotees of Blessed Carl are assembled as we speak to commemorate the centennial of Blessed Carl's uh, uh, demise. Um, you know, he, he died of was it pneumonia, um, you know, they didn't have antibiotics at, at that, yeah. uh, at that he time. He was quite so young, he was still just, quite
2: a young man, yeah.
0: Exactly. So let's all pray to Emperor Karl uh, to help us out here because he, he had his priorities straight. He supported the Catholic Church and the confessional state and uh, he was against the Freemasons and really the only sane individual at that time practically except for Pope Benedict Fifteenth, who tried to help him.
2: He was the last one to fall. Um, he was really the last monarch of Europe that was attacked in this pogrom by the, by the Freemasons. And people would say, well, what about the Queen of England? And I was like, yeah, the, you actually think that the throne of England hasn't been a, a, a complete Freemasonic farce? for centuries and centuries and centuries. Queen Elizabeth II, just just focusing on her, she signed off on the ratification of civil divorce. She signed off on the ratification of abortion. She signed off on the ratification of euthanasia. Just go on down the line. And she presided over all um, all of the corona scam, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Say, well, she doesn't have any actual real power. Well, then why does she live like a billionaire? that's my question that these people can never answer that you 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 attack the throne of England and say why why didn't she pick up the phone and save Alfie Evans life when she could have done that well she doesn't have any actual power then why does she live as a billionaire and why do her her absolutely deplorable children live as billionaires this is it's infuriating to me so the throne of england has been gone for a very long time the throne of spain is likewise a joke i think the king of spain is on his second wife you know he's got divorced wife put away and he's got he's got another woman and it's it's just it's just all a joke the last real european monarchy to fall was um charles was blessed emperor charles and servant of god zeta and yes we should enjoy them in all this because I'm convinced that Pope Benedict, being a Bavarian and being a, you know, intelligent human being who would know history and, you know, these events happened just a few years before he was born, um, knows exactly what blessed Emperor uh, Karl did in his um, non-abdication. I am only going to resign the... um, active governance of state um or however it was i'll and we'll put my posts that i made about it also in the show notes so we'll put all the blessed blessed emperor carl stuff in the show notes and yes and you know uh, april first there is Mm -hmm.
0: evidence um it's i haven't fully investigated this but there is a bavarian link because guess who wrote uh, a wonderful biography of um of blessed carl and I'm holding it in my hand, but unfortunately, I'm not a native German speaker, so I can't really uh, translate is it, it. Is it But it's Siegel? Kaiser Karl. Uh, no, it's Bishop Rudolf Graber, the Bishop of Regensburg.
2: Ah, mm. Regensburg, of course, <laughs> yes. Right. So yep.
0: so uh he was the bishop of of Regensburg from like the 1960s into the 70s into the early 80s and of course that's where uh at the university of Regensburg is where uh Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger was. So perhaps that's yeah, where Ratzinger Regensburg
2: picked up Regensburg is is the ancestral homeland and it was it was thought that if he were going to when when he first announced it was thought oh he's going to go back to Regensburg and he's going to live he's gonna live somewhere in Regensburg. He said he just wants to live quietly and he'll live with his brother and play the piano and write and and play with his cat. He had said previously that that's what he wanted to do. And then when he stayed in the Vatican, it was all very, very, very weird. So, yeah.
1: Dr. Matza, talk about your Easter Augustine course. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, yay, always love to talk about St. Augustine. Well, yeah, I'm very excited about it. We were originally going to start it on Easter Sunday, but I was persuaded that uh, it'd be better to start on Mercy Sunday. And since we're dealing with a, a sinner turned saint, that, that makes sense. So um, starting April, sun, Sunday, April 24th, Mercy Sunday, we, the next four Sundays, we're going to, um, we're going to delve into St. Augustine and societal collapse. Uh, <laughs> kind of like, <you> know, <laughs> St. Augustine's Guide to Sanctity During Societal Collapse. <laughs> um, Timely. I, Timely. I, I, I Timely. Yes. 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 <laughs> so that's that's basically the deal. And we'll All laugh. Right, and
2: everything is at edmundmatza.com And you can pay with a credit card?
0: Yes, you can pay online. Uh, it's not PayPal. It's uh Yay. and it's not GoFundMe. It's it's an it's a nice Christian outfit that I found. Uh and it's it's only 99 bucks, so it's it's um it's 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 going it's going to be good. We're we're going to go into St. Augustine on salvation, um St. Uh, Augustine on on human relations and marriage and St. Augustine on, on prayer. It, it's going to be it's going to be good. And again, how to how to navigate with all this while the world is collapsing around you.
2: Fantastic. Outstanding. All right.
1: Did we well, have Super Nerd back for the wrap-up? No?
2: Um, I don't think, no. He just messaged me. He can't. He's got, he's got work. He's got work. So,
1: I got him Mark, covered.
2: You're, you're Mr. Wrap-Up tonight.
1: Feedback. The email address for the show, if you have suggestions, comments, hate mail, podcast at barnhart.biz. And to quote Anne, no 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 no
2: okay. no all the no, hate, no.
1: all the hate mail goes to mark at barnhartpodcast dot com.
2: <laughs> mark at Barnhartpodcast.com
1: <laughs> And and this is this is recorded after they wrap. This'll be retroactively spliced in so when Mark says uh Super Nerd is not on the podcast, I really wasn't. Um but I have one minute uh, to end the recording and save it before my meeting, so I can do that.
2: Yay. We're glad Perfect. you're here. Your, your, voice, your voice is soothing and consoling to us always.
1: <laughs> Masses for Anne's benefactors. At least one mass every day, plus one requiem every week for everyone who died in the previous week. Please pray for these priests and for all priests, um, for what they're going through, what they're about to go through, and uh, we're going to need them, and we need them to soldier through it. Yep. Satan's forces are certainly focusing on them right now. Uh, Barnhart Podcast is a production of Super Nerd Media. If you got some value out of this or previous podcasts and would like to return some value, please visit supernerdmedia.com for more information. Even though he's not on this recording, as you know, he is the one who gets it uh, sorted out and put on the air each time. I'm very grateful to him. He's a very busy man, and mm-hmm. he manages to, to get it done. So my personal thank you. And now Anne does her thing for Matthew
2: 17:20. Pray without ceasing friends, every day fast twice a week if you can for our full fourfold intention that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-pope and the whole thing be nullified, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living pope since April of 2005, that Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, and that Pope Benedict Ratzinger repent of anything that he might need to repent of, that he dies in the state of grace in the fullness of time, and also someday achieves the beatific vision nothing less will do our lady of copacabana terror of the pachamama demon
0: pray for us pray
1: for us amen dr matza any last thought
0: you know we have to work for the triumph of our lady's immaculate heart and um our future depends on it uh we are you know like from the uh, movie, uh, goodness gracious, Hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. the, the U.S. Navy captain says, this is going to get out of hand because there's, there's American planes in the sky, there's Russian planes in the sky, there's Russian subs, American subs. Uh, this is the time Fred to Thompson. stay confessed. Fred yes. Thompson. Yes. Exactly.
2: Yes. <laughs> future,
0: future senator. Was it future Senator, senator Yep,
2: yep. Or he might have already, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. already been. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, that's, 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 it's so that that line just really it's so appropriate for what's going on right now and so uh i i am sorry i don't have patience for the people who say well you know if it didn't work this time we'll get him next year <laughs> there is no next year there's uh, no next
2: year yeah we
0: <laughs> we have to uh we have to take this deadly seriously here i mean with a cheerful spirit like like we do mm, <laughs> but uh, anyway it's all for the it's all for the immaculate heart of mary uh you know make, make reparation to her heart because That's what it's all about. It's about making reparation to the sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary uh, and uh, God's greater honor and glory
2: and keep doing those first Friday and first Saturday devotions, and don't let anybody tell you it's over. And if you, if you're doing all the Fatima devotions, then you, you're uh, denying that the consecration was real. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. That's the point. Yeah. You, you keep doing all of the Fatima devotions. Absolutely. We are her, we are her army. We are her foot soldiers. And she is our glorious leader, arrayed in armor and, and strength and beauty. And we ain't quitting. We ain't quitting.
1: Amen. I'm. Uh, I'm interested to see the attendance on uh, the Saturday.
2: Yes, won't that be interesting? Yes. If indeed. you
1: really believe it was done, why are you here?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll report back on that next time. Until mm-hmm. next time, I'm Mark. Stay frosty, my friends. And I'm
2: Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless. Since the episode we did
0: where we said we were gonna do a a Lenten, a Lenten cruise.